Welcome to a late episode of Three Men and a War Game. I am your host, Kevin, and I am joined by my two co-hosts. One of them is... Paul! And I'm still loving the sultry intros. <laughs> All right. Hell yeah. Oh, it... I'm going to keep it sultry. Yeah, and uh, Potter. Bye. Sorry. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you're lagging behind there, just like this episode. I was like, wait, is he going to say <laughs> the other one, or am I supposed to talk? I'm confused. No, not, we're good. We're good. I was waiting for I was waiting for Paul to tee you up, and I was like, oh, no, it didn't no, happen. This is I didn't awkward. know I was now supposed to be teeing him up. We are, okay. we are a sorry, professional podcast. Highly okay. professional. not like we haven't been sorry, doing this for five years. Homie, I'm professional. Right. That's a little dicky joke for you guys. Uh, okay, so – Hobby progress. Uh, I'm going to go first this time. Is that okay? Ooh, yeah. All right. So my hobby progress is that I uh, have painted (laughs) some models. So I got got some stuff on the table and I did some painting. And I also gave myself a thematic October painting project. And I'm not going to tell either of you two until I have it built and primed. Um, But it is themed around the month of October and it is a game that you guys know I don't play ever but deeply love painting models for and those are the hints that you're going to get and then I'll make sure I start posting pictures on the discord and send them once I start painting these models don't play ever um hey I have have an inkling I have an inkling yeah 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 yeah. I have an inkling you can send me a text but don't spoil it on air um, yeah, not spoiling. I'm, not, I'm going to say it's Hello Kitty cool. surprise. There it is. <laughs> that is the game. You nailed it. Uh, so the other thing that I've been doing this hobby progress is actually way more on theme for me more recently. And I wanted to talk to you guys about it because uh, it's really exciting. And I just want to like shout from the rooftops about this game. Um, so I spent the better part of many hours exactingly and lovingly uh printing and cutting out entire starter decks for star wars unlimited that's amazing amazing you and and bab bab did that too and Mm -hmm. uh you guys should play and let everybody watch Mm, i agree so i yeah we could do that we could do that we could do a little little webcam game um i have played uh 11 games of star wars unlimited now with the starter decks and Mm -hmm. i don't i'm not sick of them like i'm not like i wish i had more cards and i could i mean i I do wish i had more cards and i could deck build but what i mean is that like i'm still having a ton of fun playing with these starter decks after 11 times i'm like i'm like learning more about how i should be playing this game and i think that speaks volumes and the the thing i want to say about it that is uh a thing that you know is just making it sort of like bringing it into the theme of our podcast is that and anybody who's played star wars destiny i think will already sort of know this intrinsically about the game system of star wars unlimited but the thing that i would say is that the difference between this card game and most board building card games and i say that because like games like flesh and blood are like mm-hmm. kind of in a, a class on their own because they play different than the other ones but the games where you're building and developing a board on the table right so you're like magic right. the gathering your hearthstone your pokemon all that stuff and this game there's a gulf between these games and the gulf is similar to the difference between an i go you go 
and an alternating activations war game. Like that's the level of difference in feeling as you're playing. Hmm. So the, the thing I would say is that magic and Pokemon and Hearthstone and all those games feel more akin to an I go, you go war game like Warhammer 40 K or Kings of war or war machine or whatever. Right. Where on your turn, you are doing all the things you can do. And then occasionally there's something your opponent can do that is like an interrupt or something that like, you know, you do something and they have your reaction or whatever. Right. But in star Wars unlimited, every time you do a thing, so you play a card, you play a unit, you attack with a unit Every action you take, you pass the turn to your opponent and your opponent does something and then they pass back to you and then you do something and then you pass back to them until they do do something until you run out of resources for the round and only then the round ends and you draw more cards and you can place more resources. And that constant back and forth is different because it's not like I'm just going to unload all my shit and do everything I can to you. It's that I have to think about what your next three moves are every time I do something and plan out my future moves accordingly because you get counterplay at every single step of the game. Hmm. That's, uh, that's exciting. It's, yeah, it's so refreshing. And it really, <laughs> the theme is so good. The things that the characters do are on point. Like one of the things I would say is that there, so 3PO and R2 are two of the cards, obviously, in the first set, right? And so here's what they what they do. So when you play or attack with R2, he lets you look at the top of your deck and then you can put it back at the bottom. Because if you think about what Mm. R2 does, right, he's like unlocking stuff, Mm -hmm. taking information, doing things. Right. And so that's what he does. And now 3PO, when he attacks or you put him down, you can name a cost and then reveal the card on the top of your deck. And if the cost that you named is the cost of that card, you get to draw that card and put it into your hand, which is like the protocol droid, right? It's like negotiating a thing. But now if you think about what the two droids do together, R2 lets you look at the top card so you know what the cost is. Yeah, right. And then you know what to say when you when you do the 3PO thing. So they naturally combo together. And mm-hmm. that's just like one of the small, subtle, beautiful details that they've put into the game that make it feel really thematic and appropriate to Star Wars. Yeah, that sounds that's fantastic. Really cool. Yeah. I like that. Cool. So that's my that's my hobby progress. It's my super secret thing. Well, the thing I've been painting, the thing I painted was actually a Crisis Protocol Mini because it was on my desk and I wanted to paint it. And then also I got this other project out that is in – uh, a, a number of models that are themed for next month. That's a game I never get to play, but care dearly about. <laughs> and that's my, my hobby progress. Not terrible. Ooh, I think I just figured um, it out. I'm going to have to text you. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've, I've kind of been going a little easy on the hobby since I did so much while watching uh, Ruby. Because <laughs> yep. um, I did a, I did a shit ton there. So I kind of, I kind of, you know, withdrew for a little bit, uh, but I got back on it. Um, but I am not allowed to talk about what I'm working on and Chops knows what it is. I don't know. No, I, yeah, I can't, I can't, I'm not at liberty I to discuss. Am... Yeah. I mean, what you, you, I've been, I've been sending Chops updates for like days now. Well, you Like suck. all week. Yep. Yep. It's a good one. It's a good in. I'm excited about it. Actually, I'm extremely excited about it. Um, and what I do know is that 
patting myself on the back, it's coming out really well. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it's exciting. Um, and I guess the I I guess it's kind of hobby. Uh, I've been playing a good bit of Final Girl. Does that count? Yeah, it I does. think so. Okay, good. Final okay. Girl's great, and it has miniatures you can paint. Work out. That's right. true. Well, I, I I haven't ventured that far into them. I figure uh, feature films first. Yep. I like it. But yeah, that's it for me. That's it for me. Uh, for me, a whole lot of no hobbying. Um, I mean, going to California for half a month yes. uh, can do that to you. And then coming back yep. and uh, Locana launches. And I've been doing that with the kid. Uh, oh, that counts. Yeah, we'll count, count it. it. Okay, cool. I mean, it's not progress, but, you know, I got I, I progress in terms of the fact that I found cards. So... Yes, and and you're playing a cool tabletop game with your yeah. kids. So, um, yeah, I got two rounds in today, and we got more planned for tomorrow. Um, yeah, because, yeah, then that came out when I came back, or right before I left, and then I came back, and Starfield came out, so I've been playing that, too. Ah, uh, yes, video games, the old hobby destroyer. Yep, exactly. So. Ah. Uh. Good thing. Good thing. Video games don't interest me a whole lot these days. They interest me too yeah, it's much. A, it's, it took Tears of the Kingdom to pull me back, uh, but now I'm definitely paying more attention to them to them than I had for a while. Yeah. Um, but guys, let's get to this main topic. Hey, the main event. Yes. This All right. An important one. Yes. So because it's topical, um, for reasons that we'll get to, <clears throat> we're going to talk about Kickstarter tonight, and it's yeah. actually. In, it's incredible to me that we've never talked about Kickstarter like at, on its own, right? Like yeah. we've done we've done episodes about Kickstarter games. That's actually going to come up here um, for a specific mm-hmm. reason, but we've never actually dis- discussed Kickstarter. And so, yeah. what I did ahead of the episode, uh, without your guys's knowledge, is I came up with kind of like five Kickstarter commandments. Mm. Um. And uh, outside of the first one, um, they all have like a pretty good, um, I would say like a, a pretty good anic- direct anecdote for us from the store to refer to in terms of why the, the rule is a rule. Um, so you guys ready? To, I mean, that, I think that's it, right? We kick it off and we talk yeah. about each of these five, so. five commandments of Kickstarter. Um, so here's the first one. Uh, and the first one is not related to a specific game. And th- this is a commandment generally for Kickstarter. And that is never back a project for more than you'd be willing to lose on a 50-50 bet in Vegas. Ooh, I like that. Um, because that will speak to your comfort level. And I mean, you really have to consider that. Like that, because mm-hmm. that's what you, the odds of a, a Kickstarter fulfilling are a lot better than 50 50, or it would, not, the platform just wouldn't exist. Right. Right. But losing money hurts. So the, I thought a long time about how I would phrase this rule. And I think, because I thought about like never the need lend a friend or whatever, whatever. But I think really what it is, is if you were sitting at a roulette table and you were going to, you knew you were going to walking up, you were going to bet red or black, never put more on a Kickstarter than you would on that bet. Right. Because that's an amount of money you are comfortable losing. It will not hurt you. Yeah. I think that's a, I think yeah. that's a good rule of thumb. All right. 
And so that, this is one. Of, I think this is going to be the rule with the least discussion. Uh, but I, I also think it's the most important. And that's why I put it as the uh, first commandment of Kickstarter. Okay. So the second Kickstarter commandment is be wary of big promises from an unproven company. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nope. And that's that's very pertinent right now. That <laughs> you're, you're you're goddamn right. Hashtag relevant. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hashtag show. I don't actually like um, the the. Okay. So let's talk about this. When you see a Kickstarter, a lot of Kickstarters are big and flashy, and there are a lot of times when you don't recognize the publisher at all, or the com- not necessarily the publisher, but the company that's doing mm-hmm. it. Now that shouldn't stop you by itself from backing. That could just be your own ignorance to the this section of the market that this thing is coming from. But what I would say is at that point, do your research. Search the company if you don't recognize it. And if you go to their webpage and the only product they have on their webpage is the one that's on the Kickstarter, oh, that's the that's a that's a red flag, my friends. Like, yeah. and that's not to say that companies can't come out swinging, right? And it, and and I will say that. None of the, outside of that first one and the fifth rule, none of these are hard and fast. These that's right. why I say be wary of big promises from an unproven company. If the unproven company, for example, is headed by a former head of a video game studio that's very reputable and has reputation to lose, for example. That might be something that's worth looking at, right? But if it's just like a faceless thing with a big flashy Kickstarter making all kinds of promises, that's when you want to be wary. Um, and here's the here's the prime example that we have of this. It's Broken mm-hmm. Anvil. Yep, Broken is right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so this is actually going to dovetail us into a little bit of a, a story. And I don't know if you, if you guys want me to tell the current uh, broken anvil thing, or if one of you wants to take a crack at it, let me know. Uh, I don't. Go, I mean, go I, for yeah, it. I was like, I go just know it. what kind of Paul filled me in on the other day. I haven't done a lot of research on it. Okay. So, so the 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 like thirty thousand foot view is that broken anvil miniatures is a company that had previously been known for doing three D like three D printing and the ability to buy STLs to print for yourself. There were a company that was primarily designed or primarily based around designing miniatures and then selling those designs, right? And they were fairly successful, but they launched a Kickstarter for a war game called Rivenstone. And this was a very successful Kickstarter that was preceded by a very successful Adepticon that they invited lots of influencers mm-hmm. to try and play to prove out the goal the, the the system and after announcing the game months before this demo they brought in respected rules developers to create the rules for this game and and the mm-hmm. reason i say that this is this is important because i think those people are all the bad the best intentions they didn't know anything would ever go awry and we shouldn't be putting any angst toward those people that's the thing i want to say like the will hungerfords in this thing are blameless right mm-hmm. they were hired after the game was announced to come in and help with the rules yep okay so the Kickstarter goes live, and this is a company that's never delivered a project on this scope. Previous to this, all they have done is released a, a couple very successful lines of 3D printable models. And so this is completely unproven territory, and they did 
appear to have hired a lot of the right people. And the Kickstarter mm-hmm. was very successful because of the things and the moves that they made before they launched the Kickstarter. But was ex- I mean, it was extremely where, well presented. Mm-hmm. The models looked great. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. And that's what I mean by big promises from an mm-hmm. unproven yeah, I mean, company, they, right? They this even is put product in influencers' hands to paint and show off on their mm-hmm. YouTubes, their mm-hmm. Instagrams, everything. Yeah, the CEO cast, they were showing off the like production material. They were they had yeah. like a very, very cool World of Warcraft vibe, like in terms of like its visual style. Um Everything seemed really above board, right? And a lot of times with these campaigns, everything does seem really above board. And that's, again, why I say be wary when the mm-hmm. company's unproven, uh, because they may not have the expertise to make the thing happen. And so what happened in this case wasn't necessarily a lack of expertise. What it sounds like is that the money generated from the Kickstarter was assumed to be a bottomless well, and they they brought on more people and more stuff than they probably had business doing before they delivered. So they started to run out of money. And so they, chops, chops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The I was I was looking into this a little bit more today, and the numbers that are floating out there and how true they are. I, I don't know. Sure. The yeah. So let's be really that, careful about the, about presenting. Yeah. Them, yeah right? This is, this is just internet word. Like but stuff. if it's, I mean, even if it's anywhere like near it or even half of these numbers, it's just like egregious. Mm-hmm. Um, but word was they were paying about 10 grand a month in office space fees. All right. And uh, salaries were approaching, oh, they had 20 people. And those numbers I don't think work out. But they said it was nearing like 100 grand or so every month or every other month. That that, that does even out depending on what those, some right. of those people were being paid. Right. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, and, that's a lot of money for like, a, hey. For a Kickstarter that generated less than $2 million. Right. Like less than a million dollars, I think. So, I mean, maybe even less than five hundred thousand dollars. Right. It was it was successful. I I think total between everything, I I think it was six six hundred fifty thousand. Maybe So that's yeah. Projects. So so they didn't have a lot of runway. Right. So what they did was they launched another Kickstarter. Um, that was supposed to rival like uh, Bones, like a Reaper Bones Kickstarter, mm-hmm. right? Just like a big crate of, here you go, it's a bunch of minis, buy them. Um, and then after that, another Kickstarter for a line of paints. And this is before delivering either of the previous Kickstarters or providing pertinent updates. Now, that's this is all just e- evidence to the, the, the commandment, which is, again, be wary of big promises from an unproven company because these are the things that happen. Right now, there are successes that come from this. There are there are games that come from unproven companies, and those games launch the company into prominence. Now, I don't have a perfect wargaming example of this, but I can say that Stonemaier Games, board gaming behemoth that has you know the publisher of Wingspan and Scythe. Uh, started out as a Kickstarter for a little game called Viticulture. And so, so, and they were completely unproven when, and I think it was actually just Jamie Stegmeier on his own at that point, right? And so that's an unproven company with a big promise, a gorgeous Euro board game with tight rules that plays well with 
uh, like medium, it's like a medium weight game. So good for introducing to maybe non-gamers. Like a lot of big promises for a board game. But the success of that game launched Stonemeyer into more subsequent Kickstarters. And now they're one of the biggest publishers in the game. So, or at least one of the most looked at and, and respected sort of publishers in the game. And so that's to say there are successes, but you have to be wary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's even worked for miniature companies, right? Like that's how, that's how ugh, Steamforge got started, right? Oh, sure. Steamforge was Guild Ball. Yeah, that's yeah. a perfect example. And now they're, you know, a sort of mainstay in weird video game tie-in board games. Yep. And, and <laughs> D&D models. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, right. I forgot about counters those, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, those are very successful. Yep, and they're—I mean—they're nice-looking models, and they yep. also—they all—they also uh, do the the dogs and dungeons and cats and catacombs or the, whatever. The dog is that? Uh-huh. I didn't realize it was them. Yep, and then also God Tier, right? <laughs> Which right. was also kickstarted. So yeah, but but they were they were proven at that point. Um, but yeah, right. they started with Guild Ball, with Guild unproven, Ball. unproven. Just some dudes that were like, "Yo, we really like War Machine. <laughs> Check yep. out this War." We we did a little bit of work in the video game industry for a while, but you'd never heard of us. Come back, this uh, weird soccer game. Right? <laughs> yes, uh, please, America, <laughs> support the soccer game. <laughs> Anyway, like, yeah, that, but that's, this is to say that there are successes, right? But again, you just want to be really careful about what you're, uh, what you're backing. Now, the second commandment of Kickstarter third, is be, third? Or, well, sorry, yeah. third, this is the third. You're right. This is the third. I apologize. The third commandment, third Kickstarter commandment, be very wary of companies with a revolving slate of undelivered campaigns. Mm-hmm. So the first one was to be wary of those big promises from unproven companies. And the second one is to be very wary of companies with a revolving slate of undelivered Kickstarter campaigns. Now, this is important because, I mean, we have the Broken Anvil as an example already, right? Because that's, this is what happened. They started doing more and more Kickstarters. But the companies that I really want to highlight right now are the companies that do lots of big projects. Like they'll have six or seven open campaigns and they are close to delivering one or two of them, but have a track record of delivering. And right. so we have a couple really good examples here. Cool Mini or Not is one of them, right? So if we talk about CMON, I, I don't know how many factually they have out right now. I would guess it's five, five games that they, I think, have that are probably yet to be delivered. Um, but then you also have a company like Awaken Realms or the example we're really going to use here, Mythic Games. Um, so either of you, are you aware of mythic games and what's going on with that company? I've heard of the company, but I didn't know there was any issues going on. Oh yeah. Big, big, huge issues. Um, Paul, do you know anything about this? No, I didn't. I didn't get that down far down the rabbit hole when I was trying to get into some of this stuff earlier. All right. So mythic games is a board game publisher um, with a, I mean, uh, uh, up to very, re- up to, I would say up to before the pandemic, a very good reputation, uh, had delivered some excellent games, um, actually quite a few excellent, just giant miniature board game campaigns, well-received, people who got them liked the games, 
they were getting like, and this, this speaks for itself in the campaign that I'm going to bring into this example. And so Mythic Games is the company that partnered with Privateer Press oh, to bring that one. Yes. Monster Apocalypse. Yes. Yes. So that's Mythic Games. Um, and so what happened with Mythic is that they're one of these companies that has multiple open things as it's going. Uh, and the reason that this is an issue, right, is because the pandemic hit Mythic while they were in this sort of state where they were using the next Kickstarter to to kind of help pay for the previous one. Right. Right. Because they're just always yeah. looking for that influx of capital mm-hmm. and the pandemic hit. And we had a, uh, you know, that like sort of condensing uh, as, as things like materials were less available, shipping costs went up, all the prices came up and the whole thing, you know, constricted. Right. And so that caused them to actually in, in what is, you know, what is now universally thought of as a bad move, uh, asked their basically told their backers that they had the games, but they couldn't afford to ship them. So if they wanted the games that they already paid for via Kickstarter, you know, they backed, I shouldn't say paid for, right? Cause you, it's never a guarantee. Right. Mm-hmm. They had already paid for the games they backed. And after the company was like, yo, we've got them, but we're not going to ship them to you unless you each give us, give us X dollars to ship. Yeah. Them. I remember yeah they that held happened. them hostage. It was, was um, kind of gross. That's like really yes, gross. Pr- pretty, pretty gross. Uh, and they had a slate of games behind that. Uh, one of which is still we're, we're waiting on on delivery of that one. And, and that one has to come before Monster Apocalypse, which is the one I care about. So you see where I'm sitting right mm-hmm. now, right? I I kind of feel like it's just never going to happen for me. I'm never, My money's already spent. I'm never going to get a refund. I'm never going to get monster. Yeah, that's what that's what. um, Yeah, that's what I've heard from other people, too, is that there's no no belief that it will ever see the light of day. No, no, it it will almost certainly not. It is uh, it is donezo. We're not we're not we're not getting it. And this is I want to I want to just highlight this number. This is after Monster Apocalypse generated one point three. Three million dollars on Kickstarter. I didn't realize it was that and, much. And it was a yeah, big deal. A I don't. I don't. I'm actually embarrassed to talk about how much I backed this game for. But I think if you go back and listen to episodes about me talking about Monster Apocalypse, it will be understandable because I was super hyped on the ability to back this game and get mom Pac at a reasonable price for all the minis that I wanted. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I just, I was absolutely jacked for it. Um, and you know, here, here we are. Uh, so now like, this is a, actually a thing that I don't think I'll ever do again. Um, I think when I say be very wary for me, it means never do it. Uh, any, <laughs> any game, for, for me personally, right? Because any yeah. game from one of these companies where if, if I look at your company and I look back at your past, if it says like 75 projects, you know, under your title and I mm-hmm. click in there and I see that you have three games that haven't been, been delivered to their backers and you're putting a fourth one up on Kickstarter, there is a 0.02 infinity chance that I will ever <laughs> back that game. <laughs> No, that sounds, I mean, that sounds right. Yeah. 
I mean, I think that's a good, a so, good rule, rule to follow because, I mean, I, I'm i not in a similar boat because I didn't kickstart it. But, I mean, I pre-ordered yeah. some Rivenstone stuff and, like, I, I don't I don't think I'm ever going to get it. It hurts. I'll tell you, I'm in for more than four times. Oh, yeah, because I only, I only did, like, the, the dwarf, like. Don't say it. Don't say Yeah, don't say it because I don't want other people to know how much. <laughs> Well, all I was going to say was, like, I just got a a, a small, you know, like, there's just the intro stuff just because I wanted to give it a chance. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is the internet and it's forever. And people will be able to easily see (laughs) one of those. One of those boxes is a hundred dollars, and I confidently said that I'm over four x what you put in. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't really. I put in more than that, so I will say that yeah. I, a little right, bit, right. but not much. Just, <laughs> Kevin, I just have this image of like your wife being like, "I'm going to listen to their podcast for once and pick this one," and like hear the number, be like, "Oh no, no." <laughs> Babe, it's the only time it's happened. Every other Kickstarter has delivered. I promise it's the only time it's happened, and it came out of my uh, personal money. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's the end of that. <laughs> your, your ass has been covered. I had to right. leave that personal message in case that actually does become true for some weird-ass reason. Oh, man. All right, anyway. Now, now that I'm not getting you in trouble anymore. Yeah, we will... Uh, oh, for reference... For reference, mm-hmm. how much did mm-hmm. you say uh, the kicks the the Monpoc brought in? One point three million dollars. Rivenstone two hundred thirty three thousand. Yeah, there's a difference. There's an order Ooh, of magnitude. Forged, there. forged with their which was their second one with the the uh, Reaper the bones. That, they wanted to Reaper bones it. Yep, two hundred forty three thousand, and then the paint was one hundred forty four three hundred fifty one. So we're, we're almost 600 grand, right? Yeah. It's a lot of money. Um, uh, yeah. A little yep. over just, 600, just over, actually. Yeah. I can do math. Yeah, I can do math. Over 600. Wow. That's a lot of money. Their investors so, got to be Anyway, bad. I mean, well, they probably didn't have any. That's the thing. But yep. so think about um, so think about that in terms of like Mythic Games and Monpoc. And, and think about how that, that plays for Privateer Press. Privateer is already in a bad mm-hmm. way. And like this is not helping them at all. No, no um, that, I mean that that's that. This is I think one of those things that you know Privateer Press is like counting on to give them some goodwill and, and loyal. Then, and then also Mike possible you know if it was to do well and deserve a second printing, go to retail and then do well at retail so they could get some residual income from the licensing. Yeah. And realistically, this was a genius idea. Oh yeah. Right. Because yeah, yeah. now you have I, the miniature the miniature, miniature gamers that are already in it, right? Being able to yep. introduce it to their friends. But since yep. you're having a popular board game company produce it and put it out there, that's yeah. introducing to it Another to audience. their fans. Yep. It's, it's, it's got brilliant. A lot of, it's got, yeah, it is yeah, a great a, idea. Very smart. And it is it does play like a board game, you know? So Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was very smart. And I think actually no one should blame Privateer at all because they were just licensing their product and advising on the rules, mm-hmm. the logistics of it. They were counting. They, 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 you know, they, they sold the rights to publish the game to Mythic because Mythic, you know, said they were on top of it. This would be like blaming Disney for the Lorcana card shortage. It's not Disney's right. fault. It's Ravensburger's mm-hmm. fault. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the same same thing applies here. It's not Privateer's fault. I just mean it doesn't play well because Privateer's already not in a great spot. I don't yeah, think. They don't, they're uh, not doing well. Rel- with, relative to the industry. They're not doing well yeah, right now. It doesn't now. seem... 
No, no, no. It doesn't seem that way. Not even in not even when you're in their most diehard groups does it seem that way, unfortunately. But yeah, because because uh, um, uh, as we as we knew, I was all in for the new edition. the The money that I bought mm-hmm. Ribbonstone with was the money that was supposed mm-hmm. to be my Signar army. Oh no, no. You just I went for I went from <laughs> one to the other, man. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you, you 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 put bad money after bad, and then threw that into a fire. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, uh, there was someone on this podcast that I will not name that like got me fully into Rims. Everybody, <laughs> I mean, I was yeah. in, I was in, but but the, yeah, that's just it, though, right? Like, I mean, it it. It looks great. And the, and I mean, the, like, the playthroughs. I don't blame anybody for backing yeah, the it, right? Like, it's not that, like it's like, oh, that was dumb. The playthroughs that well, here's the thing, Paul, were amazing. I was all in. But gu- I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But guys, this is why we're here, right? We, uh, You can't write the five Kickstarter commandments if you haven't oh, That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta, gotta have that oh experience God, I, to back up what you're I gonna say. Privateer's video game, which was a big mess, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but guys, we got to move on to the fourth Kickstarter commandment. You ready? Here. What you got? Okay. So this this then uh, a lot of these go for anything on Kickstarter, right? The, those first three rules that could be anything on Kickstarter doesn't have to be a war game at all. This one is with specific regards to war gaming. If you back a miniatures war gamer uh, or war game on Kickstarter. Expect the game will fail and have fun while it lasts. Hmm. That's the commandment. Now I say that and I, I, I hear that that in your voice, Paul. And I hear a lot of people on on you know in the in the airwaves already being like, what are you talking about? So what I've are got, you talking about? I've I've got I've got three game names for you. Are you ready okay. for them? Yep. Wrath of Kings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guild Ball. Mm-hmm. The other side. Oh, oh my. Wait. Stop calling me why out, did you, Why did Stop you just put the arrow out. in my heart, dude? <laughs> oh, man. All three of them. All okay. three of them. Yep. So Now, now, now to, be, to be honest, two of them I got into after the Kickstarter. So I thought I was safe. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I got into Guild Ball after the kick, right after the Kickstarter. But I did kickstart yep. the other Season side. Season one. Ugh. All right, go go on, sir. Now that now that our souls have been ripped out of us, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, now that I've proved my point, right? then and it, like the other commandments, um, this is this is not a definite. It will fail. Just expect that it will fail because there right. are examples of of Kickstarter games. I'm looking at you, Kings of War. Uh, going strong after coming out of a Kickstarter campaign. Um, So there's not, it's not a universal rule, but it does seem that this, that the uh, lasting success is the exception and not Mm -hmm. the rule. Right. Um, Most of these games are going to come out and and here's the deal. We back these games, especially the three that I just named because the rules were released ahead of time. And when we read them, we were like, God damn, these Mm -hmm. are good. We Mm -hmm. know this game will be fun and they are fun. Right. One of those games I even beta tested a whole lot. Yeah, we did. Um, Yep. Yep. But, and they're, they're, they're good. Right. Wrath of Kings, great, Mm -hmm. super innovative, really cool game. Cool models, Uh, too. 
Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, I remember models. seeing a lot I of those mean, malls I, they, at the cons I, well, and stuff I was going to. My entire Kings of War army basically is Wrath of Kings models <laughs> that I got mm-hmm. for dirt cheap. Dirt cheap from Miniature Market when they were doing their clearance sales trying to get rid of their warehouse full of it. I mean, and, and all seriously, Kevin, how could you not go nuts for werewolves and vampires in the same faction? Oh man, I like the underwater fact, but you're right, you're right. Yeah, that faction is dope. The the G yeah. one, right? <laughs> yeah, it makes me sad. Anyway, um, sorry. Gretzi? I don't remember. Um anyway. Yes, dude. The models are amazing. Uh and and even though the plastic wasn't perfect, the models are they're still remarkable when you look at them. They're great. Um but these games don't last, right? So, and I, where I was going to go with that is, I mean, Guild Ball, Guild Ball, man, brought me back into the hobby, really. Um, and it was fantastic and it was a game. strong game, too, man. One, one of the best. R.I.P., man. Like, I still think about busting my Guild Ball stuff out. I love that game. Yeah. Um, I, I, the, I, my, my, it's funny. This is going to sound like a weird thing, but so I have like a, it's not going to surprise anyone. I have like a rack of neoprene mats for war games. <laughs> Shocking. Um, and, what <laughs> and I, when I and I, I no matter what I do, I, as I'm putting one back, the guild ball one always steer, stays near the top. Do you know what I mean? Like it's almost like yeah. subconscious that I just don't want it to go to the bottom of the rack, and it like always kind of elevates. I think that says a lot about how I feel about that game. Um, and and I I don't ever regret spending money on it. And I found out about it after it had you know it was the release gen con it was just after it had actually been starting to be fulfilled so it was after the kickstarter but i would have backed it right um yeah i and like you know the other side i did back and i still actually like part of me believes in especially since they're about to release models for it but like it's functionally dead um so you you just like have to expect that these games are going to fail when you back them and that doesn't mean don't back miniatures war games you really should, especially if you do the the good consumer thing and you expect that they will deliver rules to you that you can read before you back a war game. And when you read the rules, you're like, yep, there's a good core foundation here. And mm-hmm. you feel confident backing their miniatures line, right? So uh, you should do it because if you know that those things are true and especially if you back it at two factions so that you can always teach someone, you should definitely back the game because you will have the passion to want to play it. You're going to have a good time assembling and painting those miniatures and you're going to have a really good time showing people the game that you believed enough in to spend money mm-hmm. on Kickstarter. Um, but yeah, just don't expect that they're going to have the kind of longevity of uh not Warhammer. Right. It's just, you know, extreme, exceedingly rare. Yeah. And I, I mean, the thing, the thing with that though, Kev, is it's, it's kind of fascinating um, looking at it this way because it happens with other games, right? There's like that critical mass, mm-hmm. you know, where it, where it starts to take off. And that's where, and I guess this was a Kickstarter game. That's where Conquest is, right? They're at that yeah. point where it's, it's gone through. It's like, will they or won't they phase? And, they've gotten into will they, yep. right so yeah they, you know there's a there's it's growing like, like well so mad. i i have and, an example of an enduring success too it's moonstone yeah mm-hmm. that keeps um moonstone yeah, I is that was kickstarter yeah, moonstone because it's a small company and they're agile it's slow and steady and it supports the creators of the game 
Um, and yeah, 100% Kickstarter. Uh, basically, every release they do is a Kickstarter, every major release. So, and then the, and then once the Kickstarter fulfills, you can get it from the Moonstone site. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're not all failures, um, and they don't all fail immediately. But the thing is, you have to go in with the expe- expectation so that ultimately you don't, you, you don't feel as if you've, you know, wasted your time or money because you haven't, right? If you've bought a thing, you've painted it, you've, and especially if you painted it, cause that was like, that's like quality hours of doing something that you like to do. Um, and then playing that game with your friends, right? Like that's like the kind of the same kind of money you'd spend to go see a movie Mm -hmm. with your friends or go out to eat or do whatever, right? Like that, that time is well spent. That money is well spent and you had a good time playing the game and showing it off and, you know, ultimately sharing your hobby with another person, which is why we're here in the first place. So back those games. (laughs) It's just, and that, and that actually leads into the fifth commandment of Kickstarter and the most important one. And that is don't be afraid to back projects that you believe in parentheses, but understand the risk. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm not going to stop backing Kickstarters, right? It's just, it's not going to happen. I just, because I've been so thoroughly burned at this point, I'm just much more discerning about what I back and investigating the companies of the games before I back them. And what that means is, unfortunately, sometimes I don't back something that I wanted to because I wanted to follow one of those middle three rules. And it turns out it everything worked out fine. And then I have a little bit of regret because it's harder to get the product, right? That happens. Right. But at the same time, again, that, that, and that, this is a specific example with me with a big promise from an unproven company. I was like, this is this company's first game and they want me to give them $85 plus 17 shipping. Nah, bro, wait. <laughs> right. Uh, and now it's delivered and everyone who has it loves it. And I, can't fucking get it so uh it's it's but that's the thing right like you just have to kind of live with it and at the same time back the projects you believe in like i backed a game called zuvatis that was a remake of an old reiner knizia game called kovatis and i really wanted it and i really believed in it because it had just beautiful beautiful art and I love Reiner Kinsey as a developer, and I believed in the company, the publisher of this board game, Bitewing Games, right? They just like hit the things that I, know, that I know to be needed, and I really believed in the game. And so, bam, I backed it, and I got it a few months or, you know, like a year later or whatever. And I still have open Kickstarters now. Um, and like a, a really good example, I think, is the academic from the – then you do you guys know about this? Have you seen the deck box that I kickstarted? Dude, I'm sure I've sent you pictures. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So here's how that story of that one, and this is to like prove that even for me, well, I'll violate these rules for number five, right? Because it's something that I believed in. So there's a YouTube creator called the Tolarian Community College. It's led by a gentleman named the Professor. It's, yeah, that's I even I know that. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> Yeah, he's got like, you know, this approaching 2 million subscribers on YouTube. Very, very popular. Probably the most popular Magic the Gathering Is this creator. the guy that's always in the, the, um, the suit and tie? Yeah, yeah. Funny suit and ties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the professor. Often it looks like a college yeah. professor, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yeah, so he was known for doing reviews of deck boxes for Magic the Gathering. And so because he did so many reviews, eventually he had enough cachet to approach Gamegenic about a partnership 
where they would let him work with their designers because he was they were his favorite company for deck boxes. And he's like, I want to work with your designers to design the deck box of my dreams. And Gamegenic was like, bet, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> and they teamed up and they came up with this Kickstarter, which was for the, the name of the deck box is The Academic. And it was wildly successful, like $4 million successful. Wow. So that's pretty freaking good. Huge win for Gamegenic, huge win for The Professor, uh, and a huge win for all of us who have now had it delivered and have an amazing luxury deck box that's like one of my prized possessions. Um, so again, you, you that number five, that don't be afraid to back projects you believe in, but understand the risk. I mean, that was an unproven company. Uh, I, you know, I didn't know anything about how it was, I mean, game genic, not necessarily unproven, but like it was the professor never organized anything like this. I didn't necessarily know it was a sure thing. Right. right. So, but so, so you just have to sometimes just, just, you know, jump in and, and take the risk. I mean, um, you know, I, I think the most important thing mm -hmm. is that you have to remember that when you're kickstarting something, you're not buying it. Right. You're, you're. You're investing in it. That's the best way you can look at it. Is that you? Yep. You are now becoming an investor in that in that company, and you're you hoping not that you're going to get buying a anything. There's yeah. yeah. I mean, I I feel like I know it's on there, but I I think people ignore it and and forget mm -hmm. that there is you know no guarantee that you will get this. Oh, I mean, yeah, I miss. That's right on Kickstarter's main. Yeah, page. I mean, I'm still yeah. waiting on Tag Raid Team from Infinity. I don't play Infinity. Oh, yeah. oh right, Tag Raid. <laughs> yeah, Tag Raid. You're still waiting. Well, on and the, and we that, actually got an update today. And they've got another <laughs> for it. So. Nice, nice. And mm -hmm. I mean, they've and they've still got another Kickstarter out there. You know, with war a war Pro. game on the way. Yeah, for War yeah. Pro Adventures. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I because it, um, it was very much like your your roll five. Like at the time, like I was very passionate about Infinity. Was really loving it, and I missed out on the board game that they put out prior which Defiance. yeah which everyone loved and unfortunately it didn't go to retail it was kickstart only and i was like i'm not missing out on this and yeah and covid happens and you know and that's funny because that's one of those ones where that's rule three right you'd be very wary of companies with a revolving straight like slate of undelivered campaigns because i think at, at almost all times they've got one out and one upcoming right Right? But they've right. always so the they've always reason, delivered, you know. Right, but this is why I say you because well, Mythic had always True. delivered when I backed Monpok, or I wouldn't have. Yeah, but I mean, it's there. The 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 good thing is is uh, they're on the boats. They're getting to Spain. Oh yeah, you're getting. I'm, that get, I'm getting the game. They're they're finally on the boats from China, and they're they're on their way to spain to be shipped out to the to all the backers so within the next two yeah. months three months i expect to have the game in my hand well there it is so the five we're gonna go back over them the five rules so your five kickstarter commandments never back a game you'd be willing to lose more money than in a 50 50 bet in vegas be wary of big promises from unproven companies. Be very wary of companies with a revolving state slate of undelivered games. With regards to war games, expect the game is going to fail, but have as much fun with it as you can while it lasts. 
And number five, don't be afraid to back projects you believe in, but understand the risk of backing them. And so I yeah. think if you live by those rules, you will have a much happier Kickstarter life. Um, and you, you'll be more likely to avoid mistakes, like the, like big, big upsetting things that can happen, you know, like losing many hundred dollars on Mon, <laughs> on Mon Punk. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, here's here's the other thing, Chops. One of one of the reasons why I, I don't really do uh miniatures Kickstarters. Mm-hmm. I I don't like getting that much stuff at once. That's actually a fair point. Yeah. You know, like I when when God Tier shipped and it got here, I had like boxes and boxes <laughs> in my living room and I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens. Yeah, I feel like that. That's every time I get a box on my doorstep that says Simon before I open it. I think those exact words. <laughs> what have I done? That was the so I think um, the other side. I think was the very first miniature game I backed. And oh boy, that was a big yeah. Well, that, that was the thing too. So like so Paul, so like Paul and I big went box. in on the 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 big like two player set. You know, we split it and it, he, mm-hmm. it shipped to him and we met up in the parking lot somewhere doing a shifty <laughs> parking lot deal. And it was just like, he just kept handing me shit. And I'm like, I was like, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> he just, just do kept telling. I was like, oh, fuck. Chris, yep. Chris, Chris, I backed the two player thing for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a genius. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I got I got that whole box and didn't split it. And then and then ME three happened, so <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. Talk about yeah, I mean, anyway. Yeah. I mean that's and how it is though. The Sanderson pot yeah. kick kick starts been great though. So I mean that's a pretty safe that bet is, yeah, at this that point. Was a safe bet. Mm-hmm. And that's also rule five. <laughs> Don't be afraid to back oh, something yeah. you believe in. <laughs> uh, I think when Brian Sanderson popped down those manuscripts, though, you're like, I'm at least getting the PDFs. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, the minute when they got to the end of it, and he and he's like, oh, and the Kickstarter's live right now. I was like, click, yeah, done. same thing, same thing. Yeah. I, I watched the video. I was like, oh, look, there's money out of my account. Yep. It's like, where did that go? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was no, there was no waiting on that one. That's yeah, and and I took a risk on on uh, the the YouTuber uh, that does that's part of book two, Daniel Green. Um, He's doing a a new new book, a sci fi kind of cyberpunk uh, book that he kick started for self publishing. So I I I went and threw him some money in. It's and the the, I feel safe because it's the same people that did Legends and Lattes uh, as the publishers. So I I feel I felt very like this is going to be okay because Legends of Lattes was very successful. It's a very good book. I actually just picked it up at uh, Barnes and Noble the other day. Nice. What? Sorry. What? What? (laughs) A good terror card. (laughs) Oh, nice. Do the final girl. Yeah. yeah, they do exist. What beneficial tarot cards do exist? There's, I think, one in every box. Yeah. Uh, Paul's been playing Final Girl this wow. entire time while I've been recording. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he has. I'm sure he's been muting the mic to re- muting the mic to roll the dice quite a, quite a few times because those <laughs> dice. Let me tell you, dear <laughs> listeners, those family those Final Girl dice are chunky. <laughs> that, that is that is true. I got I there. got like the the deck box out and like rolling it so it doesn't hit the sides. I, 
Ooh, see what you got. What you got to do is you got to you got to go buy one of those. They the like I don't remember the name of the company. It's like the Metal Dice something company or whatever. They make and you can get them at any FLGS I think. Like or many FLGSs I guess carry these. They they start flat and they have buttons and you button the corners and they turn into oh yes uh, little yes. dice trays and they're like those. faux leather on the on the yep. outside and felt on the inside. Um, boy, those things like dice, dice roll, whisper quiet on them and like still satisfyingly roll and they pack flat so you can like put them like, you know, if you think about your war gaming case, you can just like slide it into the book slot. Right. Um, yeah, super nice. I, it's down, I know it's downstairs with my final girl set up right now. <laughs> my war gaming, <laughs> my war gaming dice tray. Um, yeah, it's quiet. But man, those final girl dice, whew, big clicky clacky. They're so oh, yeah. super. They're super satisfying to roll, especially I mean, when you're rolling. When you're rolling like three or four of them, because you know you feel like you're cheating when you're rolling that many dice anyway in that game. Yeah, it just yeah. Whew. Anyway, final girl, good game. Maybe we'll do an episode on that. Maybe, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I, I think that's a pretty much a guarantee. Kinda. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what could be better for October? That is true. True that. True it that. Is. But on topic, you guys. On topic. On topic. Oh yeah! Final thoughts. No, final girl. Final girl was a kickstarted, so it's on topic. Oh hey, that's you're, true. You know, damn it! And there's one coming up, and I'm going all in, baby. Well, at least all in for the stuff for that's new. <laughs> um, all right. Final thoughts for Kickstarter, Chris. Um, I'm I'm very wary, wary, wary these these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys have always been pretty. Yeah, wary. I mean, um, it, it's not. I I don't like. Giving my money to something that's not going to be a guarantee. So that's why I've my, my brother, my brother, you're the person with the sane perspective yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the, 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 the one that is not. Yeah. I mean, there's, there are a few, like, if, like, I will definitely 100% like auto, if I've got the money, auto just any, any Sanderson leather bound Kickstarter, like it's done. Um, but right. anything right. else other than that, like, I'm, I'm wary. I'm, I'm very wary. <laughs> Yeah, I back a lot of board games, but Paul, your thoughts? Just remember, you're not buying your backing. Yeah, you know, like you're you're giving that money to somebody else who hasn't made that product, and yet. that's my problem. Hell yeah! And so you gotta, you got like, and I guess it goes to rule number one: you just, you just gotta know um, that money. You you gotta bet well. Yeah, you gotta bet well. Yeah. And my, my final thought is, um, don't ever let FOMO, this isn't, this isn't a hard and fast rule, but that's why it's not one of the commandments. But for me, it's like, make sure you're questioning your FOMO. Mm -hmm. That's the, like, really, really interrogate that FOMO when you're, when it, when you're feeling it, when you're in it. And and Um, in all honesty, that's why I'm not losing money on Rivenstone. Jerk. Yeah. There you go. Um, thanks for rubbing (laughs) it in my face. And that's, yeah, that, do it so that's, again. The, that's the final thoughts. So, um, uh, listeners, especially of me, who's been actually very rambly uh, for the past twenty minutes of this episode. Yeah, man, um, you. <laughs> I don't know. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, you guys are the reason that we do this. So, big a special thanks to our patrons. You guys rock. Uh, thanks to Static as a City for the amazing uh, in and out music for us. And uh, don't be uh, shy. Come to the Discord. It'll be in the description of this episode. And it is one of the coziest Discords on the internet. Bye! <laughs>